Microsoft has announced plans to certify 30 million people in Africa in artificial intelligence-related skills by 2025. From over 1,100 cities and 128 countries, Care Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Care Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Dong. Uganda is rich in a wide range of minerals which provide an opportunity to develop a strong mining industry. Preliminary geological surveys indicate the presence of mineral-rich tectonic domains within the continental crust, richly endowed with an assortment of minerals with potential for commercial exploitation for over 20 categories of minerals. To enhance the prospects and de-risk the mineral sector, Uganda has over time completed the acquisition and processing of high-resolution aeromagnetic data for the entire country. It's projected the mining sector will be a major driver of employment and gross domestic product growth in Uganda over the next several years. In this episode, Mr. Gilbert Kamuntu, Chief Commercial Officer, Uganda National Oil Company, talks about the financing strategy in the mining sector. And uh, I just want to point out that uh, petroleum is a mineral. And so many of the challenges being faced, uh, some of the challenges and discussions I've heard uh, today, I can relate immediately because they are related to um, my industry as well. And the National Oil Company, Uganda National Oil Company, has been involved in several projects, all of which have faced this financing issue. And so we have solved it several, several ways, many of which time is not permitting, we'll go into. We as a national oil company, and of course the government of Uganda, are keenly aware of, of how financing can have an impact on the success of a project. I state the obvious. And so from our perspective, uh, the key issue with financing is what the strategy is. Uh, I think that's what we have found out, uh, because uh, depending on the size of the project, uh, financing can come from various sources. I was reading the Mining and Minerals Act, and in there are some of the schedules that define the sizes of projects. Uh, one might not approach an, uh, a medium or small-scale mine the way they would a large-scale mine. Uh, because their financing uh, needs are different, at least of different sizes. And so therefore the pools of capital that they would be approaching for financing would be different. Uh, For example, uh, some companies might decide to continue their projects on their balance sheet. They might have the money. And so therefore their financing is, is a different challenge. What is their cost of capital for their balance sheet? But then you get to certain sizes whereby, uh, given the size of the mine or the size of the project, it is such that the company or the project has to go out into the capital markets, and that requires a different kind of strategy. But regardless of the strategy being used, uh, financing is made easier when a robust risk assessment and risk mitigation is in place. Uh, and the risks range across the entire uh, project. The risks uh, range from geological risks to uh, legal and regulatory framework risks to fiscal risks, etc. So the real challenge, whether as a chief financial officer or as a chairman of a credit committee uh, making decisions on a project, is do you feel that the risks have been uh, correctly identified, 
uh, correctly assessed? And are you, do you have confidence in the risk mitigation strategy? It is on that basis that most projects, if they have a robust risk assessment matrix, are capable of securing financing. That will be my opening submission. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange Share Index reversed course to close slightly down at 69,653 on Tuesday, its lowest in nearly a year as investors looked ahead to the U.S. Federal Reserve's monetary policy meeting and the local medium-term budget policy statement on Wednesday. At the same time, disappointing activity from China revived worries over the world's second largest economy, while concerns over the conflict in the Middle East persisted. Domestically, Finance Minister Enokodongwana will table the mini-budget in Parliament on Wednesday afternoon, which comes amid growing concern over government expenditure and fears that the country could be heading for a debt crisis. On the corporate front, resource-linked sectors were the hardest hit. On the flip side, strong gains were recorded by Karoo, Maas and Telcom. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange posted a third monthly loss, dropping 3.8% in October. And a quick trip around Africa. South Africa posted a trade surplus of 13.1 billion rand in September of 2023, above market estimates of 12 billion rand and a downwardly revised 12.6 billion rand surplus in August. Exports fell 3.3% over a month to 174.7 billion rand as reduced shipments of mineral products, prepared foodstuff, vegetables and base metals more than offset an 8% rise for precious metals and stones. Among trading partners, overseas sales shrunk to Europe, Asia and Africa, but rose to America and Oceania. Meanwhile, imports declined 3.8% to 161.5 billion rand, mainly dragged down by lower acquisition of original equipment, component, vehicles and transport, equipment and plastic and rubber products. Imports fell from Asia, Africa and America, but increased from Europe. U.S. President says that he intends to end the participation of Gabon, Niger, Uganda and the Central African Republic in the African Growth and Opportunity Act trade program. Biden said he was taking the step because of gross violations of internationally recognized human rights by the Central African Republic and Uganda. He also cited Niger and Gabon's failure to establish or make continual progress towards the protection of political pluralism and the rule of law. Biden says he intends to terminate the designation of these countries as beneficiaries of the sub-Saharan African countries under AGOA effective 1st of January 2024. He said he will continue to assess whether they meet the program's legibility requirements. Launched in 2000, AGOA grants exports from qualifying countries duty-free access to the U.S. market. It's set to expire in September of 2025, but discussions are already underway over whether to extend it and for how long. African governments and industry groups are pushing for an early 10-year extension without changes in order to reassure business and new investors who might have concerns over Agora's future. Information technology multinational Microsoft at its AI, a new era event on October 30th, announced plans to certify 30 million people in Africa in artificial intelligence-related skills by 2025 and has partnered with Presidential Youth Employment Service to upskill 300,000 South African youth. The three pillars that underpin AI for Microsoft are democratizing AI, responsible AI and upskilling, hence the partnership with the Youth Employment Service. There is significant investment in AI technology on the continent, and this technology can provide an upward trajectory to the African economy. Analysts predict that Africa's economy can increase by 50% by 2030 if Africa can capture only 10% of the global AI market. 
Further, Microsoft's three development centers on the continent in Cairo, Egypt, Nairobi, Kenya, and Lagos, Nigeria. Microsoft will undertake AI and machine learning innovations focused on several domains such as healthcare, finances, and other human-centric innovations. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of The K Financial. If you have suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is at thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me at With the Dome.